We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. All right, everyone, welcome in to a very disappointed Music City Audible presented by Broadway Sports, partnered with 440 Sports, and we are going to talk about the Titans' loss to the division rival Colts. This is a bit of a different format for us, as we're usually the preview podcast, but since it's Friday morning, we're talking about last night's game, so this is a recap episode of the Music City Audible, and what a game to recap we have. I'm Justin Graver, joined as always by Justin Mello. Justin what's the mood this is just you know recording thursday night game just ended pretty dis- disgusting second half so now that i've set that up what's the mood yeah obviously a terrible second half as you said um i think it's a lesson that we should not switch up the flow of music city audible here we're usually a preview show and um, this week for the sake of uh, you know, our listeners have gotten used to the Friday release, so we decided to switch it up this week and go with a recap episode so we could keep the schedule, um, you know, on point and, and release on Friday as our listeners are used to. Uh, what a disaster. What a disaster. The Titans go into half with a lead, a nice 17 to 13 lead, and they come out and decide to just have, I think you said this right before we started rolling, possibly the worst second half I mean, in a really long time. Of the Mike Vrabel era, maybe, besides another Colts game when they just completely collapsed in a game where Mariota had to come out and they took a bunch of sacks, and that was also a disaster, also against the Colts. So, I I mean, I think that Vrabel and Arthur Smith as well were thoroughly outcoached in this game. It seemed like the, the Colts offense continued to adjust and roll out new little wrinkles right when the Titans seemed to get a handle on what they were doing. And it just was never, they never could get off the field. They didn't force a punt until what was basically garbage time there with less than seven minutes to go after the offense couldn't convert on fourth down. But what, what do we, where do you go from here? I mean, what the biggest issue to me is that nothing that happened in this game was a new problem. Like nothing that happened in this game surprises you. It was maybe a culmination of a bunch of issues that have plagued the team at different times during the year, and they haven't all hit at once, except for maybe also in the Bengals game they did. But that's twice now in three games that all these issues have collided. What on earth? Should we just go through them one by one? Where where do you even begin? Let's start with the decision that you broke the news here that Trevor Daniel would be getting the go at punter in place of Ryan Allen, who punted really, really well against the Bears last weekend. Trevor Daniel... Only had to, I mean, there's only so many things you can do as a punter to completely screw up and like make you, make you have a memorable night in the worst way. And he did both of them, both of them. I'll turn it to you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I look, as you said, um, I, I broke the Daniel news on Twitter. I, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't surprised. Um, my job there is to report the news that I receive. It's not, you know, I'm not really into offering my opinion when I'm breaking news on that. You know, a bunch of people asked me about what I thought, and I was honest, and I said I was surprised, and I was surprised. But my, my job there, again, was was to break the news that I received. Obviously, Mike Vrabel's going to come under fire 
um, for this decision, uh, and rightfully so. Right, Ryan Allen was terrific last week, and, and it's very interesting that they decided to make this change now. So, I think a lot of people would just ask why, like why, and you were told a pretty interesting reason. What was that? Are you allowed to divulge? Yeah, my source um, is just flat out, and I'm I'm not afraid to divulge because I, I did so on Twitter already. But mm-hmm. um, it's just that uh, Daniel was the better punter in practice. Now I, I don't know how bad Ryan Allen was in practice. Um, and not to defend Vrabel and for the decision in any way, shape, or form, but we're not there. Maybe Ryan Allen shanked three punts in practice for that one for 15 yards each. You know, we don't know, but they saw something in practice um, that that made them decide. You know what? We're we're going to go with Trevor Daniel this week. It obviously is a very curious decision, given the fact that Allen averaged about 50 yards per punt last Sunday um, against the Bears. And then, you know, you leave yourself open to criticism when you get Daniel in here after that. And, and, you know, the block's not his fault, in my opinion. I've probably got to watch it again, but it seemed like David Long was at fault there. Maybe Joshua Kalu, but it seemed like it was David Long. Um, And then you get, you know, he gets gets a blocked punt. Again, probably not his fault, but he also shanks one from his own end zone that goes for 17 yards, right, and sets up a really—from his own end zone. Right, so it sets yeah. up a really easy scoring drive for the Colts' offense. Now, one one thing I will say, not to not to jump ahead because I'm, I'm sure you're going to bring it up at some point, but uh, as terrible as the special teams was uh, against the Colts, I feel like it's going to hide a lot of the other problems that they had in this game. It's going to be easy, right, to pick on the special teams. It's going to be easy to point to the blocked punt. It's going to be easy to point to the shanked punt. It's going to be easy to point to a, yet another. Steven Gustowski, uh, a field goal miss, but the offense was not good, and the defense was was even worse. Well, so it'll, I, it'll be interesting to see. I mean that that's true to a certain extent, but also like you can point to the special teams for directly costing the team fourteen points from the shaked punt to the blocked punt to the missed field goal. I mean that is like directly visible seventeen points. I, All the other little mistakes. The, str- the struggles on offense, which were not that pronounced. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, the struggles on offense, Ryan Tannehill struggled with uh, moving the ball efficiently. It's 15 for 27 for only 147 yards, which is just 5.4 yards per attempt, well below his season average of, I think, 7.8 or something. So that's not very good. He did only take one sack, but the running game was moving the ball. Derrick Henry, 103 yards on 19 carries, 5.4 yards per carry. I'm not going to throw Jerry McNichols or Deontay Foreman's numbers out because, honestly, they're meaningless. Uh, they happened in garbage time, and they were completely... But Henry, 5.4 yards per carry. I mean, he was able to run the ball. The Titans just couldn't get the stops. on I mentioned before, they didn't get their first punt till late in the game. But, 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 all that aside, all those issues aside, those are overcomable issues if you don't have the absolute worst special teams unit in the league at this point from Goskowski's field goals to now the situation. I mean, they didn't have the worst unit when the season started, but now with the holder issues, with the uh, snapper issues and the punting issues, Brett Kern's injury, that's a lot of issues. And obviously it's a lot of change to experience in one season. So it's not like I want to, I don't want to, and then I don't want to say that to excuse the team, but at the same time, like you said, it opens the door for criticism. Like, yeah, we don't know if Ryan Allen was shanking punts in practice, but we wouldn't even be asking if he was still the punter right now. And even if he had a bad game, even if he has a 17-yard punt in this game, 
we're not all going, what the hell are they doing changing punters midweek? We're just like, oh, wow, right. we got to get Brett Kern back, right? Like, so right. what's the deal with even it's changing a, it's it? It's a then, different criticism. It, yeah, exactly. And it's but, not a criticism. It's a different issue to harp on. Yeah, right. Exa- it, right. And and then I, I this is nobody, just a random nobody hypothetical. Nobody says, sorry, not to cut you off, but you're right. No, If Ryan Allen goes out there today and has a terrible game, nobody is saying, well, why the hell did Ryan Allen play today? Why didn't they elevate Trevor Daniel from the practice squad? No <laughs> exactly. one is saying that, right, if Ryan Allen has a bad game. And you got to trust the guy that just did it in a game over whatever happened in practice. And he didn't have like three punts against Chicago. He punted a lot, especially in the first half. And he was consistently good. So it's just just such a weird move. And then he also was the holder for Goskowski. And they have like a chemistry going back to who knows where in New England. And honestly, like even if the hold is exactly the same, there could be a psychological factor there for Goskowski. And kicking is half mental as maybe even more than it is physical. And Goskowski made a field goal last week in Chicago, and yeah, he made a 50-yarder in this game. But you have to wonder, I mean, I wouldn't be wondering at all if Ryan Allen was just the punter and holder for this game. But because he isn't, you have to wonder, was Ryan Allen's absence, did it have an effect on Goskowski's missed field goal there? Which was really like a snowball at the end of a horrible game for the team. It wasn't ultimately the deciding factor, but it did kind of nail the door shut on any possible comeback there. So you just have to wonder. Yeah, I'm fully on board with you. Where, where I do disagree um, is the uh, is the offense. At the end of the day, they put up 17 points, and uh, they only ran what 30 35 plays, maybe the entire day, 40 plays the entire day. I got to look at the that, numbers, but how much is that their fault? I mean, yes, they have to be more efficient. They, they stay were th- on the three field. For- Three for 10 on third down, and actually, the defense was pretty good on third down. Four for 12, but those numbers are kind of buoyed by some third and like stops that brought up fourth and one that the Colts just went for and converted multiple times. Um, So that was the thing. But actually at the end of the day, because of garbage time, the the Titans racked up a bunch of plays ended up only trailing Indianapolis 69 to 60 in play count. But at one point in the fourth quarter, it was like 60. Yeah. At one point in the fourth quarter, though, it was like 60 to 30 Indianapolis (laughs) in terms of play count. So you just can't, and yeah, that is partly on the offense for sure. And like the the offense has this really horrible problem of running a pa- a pass play on first down, which is fine. I like passing on first down, but they tend to pass deep on first down. It's it often feels like Tannehill has taken a a shot at least ten yard beyond the sticks on first down. And if that pass is incomplete, the Titans run the ball on second down. I would say. Every single time that I can remember that isn't a two-minute drill. So almost every single time they run the ball. And those runs usually go for like one or two yards. And what are you doing running on second and ten like that anyway? But it just puts the offense in this third and long situation where it feels like he's always throwing to Anthony Ferkser over the middle. And either Ferkser makes an incredible contested catch and the drive magically stays alive. Or the Titans go three and out on these situations. I don't understand. It seems like Art Smith is having a problem after a first down incompletion like trusting a pass again, and they're not running very many easy access throws for Tannehill. I think we saw like one screen in this game to Henry, which was caught and honestly looked like it wasn't going to work out very well. And, oh, they ran a screen to Batson on a third and 18 that didn't stand a chance. It was a give-up play. So I don't know what they're – I mean, I'm kind of struggling with to see Art Smith's grand plan here. The offense isn't getting into a rhythm largely because the passing game is just constantly targeting deep downfield. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are so many issues to go around here. Again, special teams will obviously steal the spotlight, but uh, the defense was was terrible. 
Um, the Colts really had their way on offense, and and it wasn't like they. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it didn't feel like they got a, a ton of splash plays on offense. The Colts, they got a couple for sure. You know, Michael Pittman had a 40, 40 something yard catch. They had a couple big runs. He had uh, a big consistent chunks too. of yardage. Yeah, in, in the second half, running the ball, but it just felt like it was death by a million paper cuts, and that's kind of how the Titans' defense has felt all season long. Yeah, it that, that bend don't break thing. But then, you know, in the first half, they did a good job of not breaking. They forced two field goals, and uh, they almost they, they, you know they, they almost bend forced and break the, at some point. Yeah, in the second half, it became bend and break. And I saw a tweet that was like, every, the Colts had like five drives. The first five drives of the game all reached inside the Titans' thirty-yard line, and the Titans only given up thirteen points off of those drives, which is a nut. That's what I think that is ultimately Vrabel's plan, but. It just isn't working. It's not. It, it, you gotta quit bringing your flat defenders from so far deep pre-snap, making them cover so much ground. It's just pitch and catch for for all these quarterbacks the Titans have faced. It feels like since the Steelers and, game. And even look, I, I interviewed Naheem Hines when he was in college, and I was so high on him as a prospect. I know him well. I mean, he he lives and breeds for this kind of thing. That's, that's too easy. When you have someone like Naheem Hines on the other side and you're playing your flat defenders so far off the line of scrimmage and you're asking them to cover that many that much ground and that many yards, I mean, that's, that's just pitch and catch. Naheem Hines can do that in his sleep. That's what he did at uh, it was NC State, I believe. It's, it's what he did in college. It's, it's just it's too easy. And I talked about it on the Flex yesterday because we built a Thursday night DFS lineup that uh, if you played it on FanDuel, it cashed, by the way. But... Um, the centerpiece of that lineup was Naheem Hines, who I said, this is a clear Naheem Hines game because the Titans have been giving up these little flat plays to running backs all damn season. I, I wish I again. listened to that because I, I did not play Naheem Hines today in my Thursday daily fantasy lineup. <laughs> yeah, baby. We made some money even though the Titans uh, got sc- got creamed tonight. But I think what everyone wants to know is, and we can rail on the, this team and their horrible decision-making that I don't under- that we none of us understand – but let's talk about how they can actually improve going forward because it's not going to get any easier over the next couple of weeks. They got Baltimore coming to town next week, arguably uh, just as good on defense, maybe not quite as good statistically, but the the Ravens have a huge revenge factor because the Titans bounced them from the playoffs last year, and I think that that is a big mental edge that the Ravens will bring into this game. The Titans obviously get extra time to prepare. They get a little mini bye week. But where does the team go from here? How do, how do they get better going forward with the Colts on deck two weeks from now? Mike Vrabel's 1-4 against the Colts since taking over head coach of the Titans. He's got two weeks to figure out how to beat the Colts because if he doesn't, the division is gone. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, um, and maybe I'm wrong for saying this, but I think uh, people aren't maybe talking enough about how tough of a bind the Titans are in right now. I know there's six and three is not, not a terrible place to be, but they're staring down the barrel of six and five. And that would be a disaster after starting 5-0, and right? That would mean you went 1-5 and uh, in your last six. So uh, they've dropped three of their last four, and they've played some really bad football for the majority uh, of these last four games, right? The Bengals game was a disaster, you know, losing by double digits uh, to a team that's so clearly not a playoff team. Uh, the Pittsburgh game was a disaster for 50% of it, right? They were just completely dominated in the first half of that game. Almost came back, granted, but like that's still, you know, they played two quarters of terrible football, and they played two quarters of terrible football tonight. So 
they're in a tough situation here. They're, they're in a tough spot, and, and Vrabel's got a lot of work to do. And uh, I, I imagine he's going to be stressed. He'll be, be very, feeling very stressed right now. And uh, the schedule is not getting any easier. You got, like you said, you got Baltimore coming up. That's not going to be easy with the, reve- you know, with the revenge factor. But even if you throw that out the window, you know, that's the Baltimore Ravens. They're a good football team. I know they've had their struggles, but they got a, you know, a, a dynamic quarterback and they got a tough defense. And then you got they the Colts beat, in two weeks, who just, they just wiped beat the floor Indy. with you. <laughs> and the Ravens just beat this Indianapolis team twenty-four to ten. Sure. That the Titans, I mean. The Titans did. The Titans played a great first half, but a great first half. I mean, that first drive was terrific. It looked like it was going to be a, an easy win. I know that's obviously too early to call, but you know that first drive was so easy. It just all right. Here we are. <laughs> but it, no. AJ Brown. Uh, Boren mentioned this on the halftime show, but AJ Brown dropping that sideline sure fire seventy two yard touchdown if he catches it. 14-0 is a lot different game. Um, but, you know, I mean, you really just look at how the Titans collapse in this second half, and it feels like there's a familiar pattern where if the Titans start the game with the ball and the other team starts the second half with the ball, the Titans' defense can't get off the field. It feels like the adjustments at halftime are are absent, and the tit- I think that's where the Titans really got outcoached in this game was halftime adjustments. They just came out and looked so so the same in the second half. And the Colts just, I mean, obviously the huge momentum swinging special teams plays. I really think the turning point in the game was a third and one right after Henry and Saffold kind of collided. And they ran this little, like, it was third and one. And it was like a little bootleg thing. And Tannehill almost got away and he just got tripped up. And the very next play was the 17-yard punt. And the Titans still had a 17-13 lead at that point. If Tannehill had gotten away from that or if they just handed the ball off, they pick up that one yard, Titans could go down, score a touchdown, get I, a field goal, do something, and, and really the whole game changes from that point. That 17-yard punt was just... I, uh, I, want, I want to say that was the same set of downs where on first and 10, Tannehill had John U. Smith wide open for, for a pretty nice game, and he just flat out missed him. And it was a bad miss at that point of the game with all that was going on, and it was just... That, that, that was a, a horrific offensive possession and they were sort of in the middle of their meltdown there and I thought a good offensive possession there could maybe put an end to the meltdown but it didn't that was actually the following possession okay Tannehill first drive they were now down for the first time in the game with 251 to play in the third quarter Tannehill blew that pass and two three plays later they blocked a point for a touchdown so yeah they really did just sorry to disagree with you that to me felt like the turning point well it definitely yeah. It felt like the the this game is over point to me. Whereas the third and one, like when I look back on where did this game really shift in the right. Colts' favor, I feel like it was that play. And something that is interesting to me is Daquan Jones got a sack at the end of the first half, and the clock should have wound out. I mean, there you can't tell me that. Uh, yeah, I was it, surprised that there like, was. Like, there's a second always left. that extra little second of clock wind that is like part of the process of whatever dumb crap they do but like you can't get a spike off in less than two seconds which they clearly did so right that was kind of weird there was a Tannehill was flattened on a play that should have been flagged for roughing the passer and he actually had to come out for a snap and I think uh Joe Buck missed that and said that he didn't come out for a snap but he definitely came out for a snap did right he? I don't think he did you know no no it, I don't think it he looked did. like okay maybe he did I don't think Logan like... Woodside came in no 
Before maybe not. It looked like the guy on the field had a single-digit number, so I thought it was I could five, be wrong, but, but I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe I'm mistaken there, but I did think that that happened. But anyway, that should have been a flag. Um, but, I mean, I'm not trying to blame the refs for the Titans' ineptitude here. They just they collapsed on so many levels. You know, like the defense was playing well and the bend don't break. The offense was moving the ball, and Goskowski made a 50-yard field goal, and Daniel's first punt was pretty good. And then the second half... The offense couldn't convert on third down anymore. Defense couldn't get off the field anymore. And the special teams completely collapsed. Blocked punt, 17-yard punt, and a missed field goal. So, like, it all spiraled out of control at the same time. And that's why it feels like the Titans are terrible. Like, you see the reactions on Twitter right now. Like, this team's not making the playoffs. This team's terrible. This team sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you zoom out and really look at it, 6-3 and three still, like you said. And, yes, they play Baltimore and Indy the next two weeks. But then after that... At least on the defensive side, things really lighten up on the schedule. They got the Browns, who are a good team, and the Packers, who are a good team. But they got the Lions in there. They got the Texans and the Jaguars again, both teams who are their seasons are already over. So there's some there's some clear path for the Titans. I mean, the Titans are a playoff team. Let's not get it twisted, is what I'm trying to say. Like, the Titans aren't missing the playoffs because seven teams make the playoffs now, and they have a nice little buffer with six wins. They just got to, like, take this extra time here and really figure their shit out because that was an unacceptable, embarrassing collapse in prime time in front of everybody. And, like, they got guys out here trying to get paid next year. Like, Jadeveon Clowney, man, like, he, he actually made a few plays, but no sacks. Daquan Jones had the Titans only sack tonight. Like, Jeffrey Simmons didn't really do a whole lot. In fact, there was a fourth down play where Simmons got in the backfield quickly, but he was on, the, like, in the wrong gap or Wilkins made a nice little cut or maybe it was Taylor at that point and got the first down anyway, so... I don't know. Just feels so frustrating to see feel like this hot start to the season is being wasted. Yeah, like I said, they're um, they're in a tough spot, and they're facing they're 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 on the other end of a you know a loaded barrel right now, and uh, they got to figure this out. And again, I'm of the opinion to sum up the game that special teams will take the majority of the blame, defense will take a lot of blame, but I think it was all three phases that let them down. I mean, earlier I complained about the offense, and you said, well, you know, well, the offense scored 17 points at the end of the day, and in 2020, it's not going to win you a lot of NFL games. Not the way offense is being played today, not the way points are being scored today. So for me, it was all three phases that really, and that's scary, right, when it's all three phases that are terrible. And I thought all three phases were pretty terrible tonight. Yep, and the Titans now sit with just a 14-point point differential. I don't know how much you, stock you put into point differential. but well, um, It's rare to be above 500 by three games and only have a 14-point differential. So another concerning fact that would lead one to believe that they're going to be closer to 500 sooner than you think. Yeah, I mean, this Titans team has some pretty clear deficiencies that it's hard to see getting better before they have an offseason to address them. So... That is a disappointing reality that this team faces. They have a chance to turn it around. Season's not over yet. 10 weeks in. They have extra time here. I mentioned it already. It's a little mini-buy thing that is a lot. Feels a lot better to go into with a win, but is can be a lot more constructive after a loss because you have this, I mean, I don't know how many more wake-up calls they need. It felt like they had enough after Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, but here we go again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a mini bye week. They're going to have to use it wisely. Um, let's give them a chance. Let's see how they bounce back or, or what they do against Baltimore. But certainly a, a concerning loss. Very concerning. Yeah. 
All right, that'll do it for us on the Music City Audible. Disappointing game from the Titans on Thursday Night Football, falling 34-17. They now are tied for the division lead, but Indianapolis obviously holds the head-to-head tiebreaker, taking the the lead now over the Titans, but they play again in two weeks, and whoever wins that game will jump back into first. So we'll see what happens over the next two weeks. Uh, until then, check out broadwaysportsmedia.com. We'll have lots of recaps for this game analysis film breakdown got extra time to look at things and really dive into what cost the titans the win tonight after they went into halftime with a four-point lead all right that's all i got the end a broadway sports media production